Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey. Hey. It's episode 32 uh, this week. Uh, living in a looter scooter world, which we'll oh. get to in a little bit. Um, although we don't actually, we're not going to spend that much time talking about um, looter scooter uh, this week. We're going to instead be talking a bunch about treasure chests because a lot of people had had opinions on them. And the announcement that went up today on the state of organized play. Yeah, we delayed recording a day because work. Yeah. I needed a, I needed a mental day. <laughs> just a day to, like, relax and just – I got home late from work, and it's just – work's been hell lately, but doing good now, so. Excellent. Yes. So first thing we do, as we always do, is we turn our eyes to the community, and a few things are on our radar. Uh, first up is in spite of the banner-restricted announcement of no changes across all formats – uh, Card Kingdom is banning Peregrine Drake in their upcoming Rags to Riches Popper Tournament. Yeah, this is basically like a house rule. I've played in the Rags to Riches Tournament, and it's really fun. Um, really cool little tournament they do. Um, if you guys haven't heard me talk about it a couple of, like at this point, probably be like 10 plus episodes ago. Um, basically, they instead of like cash prizes or pack prizes, um, what they do is for the top four competitors, the top eight competitors, top, like They'll give out uh, staples to like modern and other formats and stuff like that. So one time they were doing uh, lands. So you got like uh, a fet, like a scalding tarn, and a. Uh, I think one of them was cavern of souls. Yeah, we yeah, one was cavern and stuff like that. So you got like some like the the pricier. Oh, uh, horizon canopy was another one. Like the pricier modern lands and a oh and a burnwell and yeah. a grove of the burnwells. So basically the pricier lands that you would find in modern and. It's way to like you take your cheap little like twenty dollar pauper deck and go play it and win and get awesome modern staples. So I, it's a really fun tournament, but they have a house rule for this that they're instituting. Um, they're also they also hold things like no ban modern events and stuff. So they do hold events that you know aren't actual uh, sanctioned. I guess you could call them uh, tournaments or no um, <laughs> official. Uh, Unsanctioned formats. Magic. formats. Unsanctioned formats. There we go. There we go. Got there eventually. Uh, no, but yeah, this is a this is going to be a nice little test to see um, how the meta will change because Kingdom always get, puts a breakdown of like the tournament meta, and to not see Drake in the meta, it would be great to compare against stuff like the actual Magic Online meta that we see. Yeah. So it'd be like, this is what happens when you don't have Drake in the meta versus when you do have Drake in the meta. Granted, it is a tournament, but it's usually about like sixty to seventy players, so it's a decent showing for. I mean, yeah, one tournament players. is not is not a decision going to be made on. Um, but I mean, if it's prop if it's popular and the meta game's diverse, then that's that's more power too. Yeah, it, it's it's just a good way to show like, hey, look, this is what a meta without Drake looks like with a good seventy person tournament. So. So, I might be going to. I have no idea when the. I didn't see the date for it yet, but I will probably try and go to that one, depending on when it is. So the meta is going to be mono black, Delver, Is it Blitz, Tron. Am I missing anything? I don't think um, so. I don't think so, really. I mean, there's my elves, pet deck, elves, which is not very good. Elves shows up occasionally. Yeah, elves is silly. It's as, it's goofy. I'm as, beating as, it with Tron, my my Marasa Tron deck, but it's a it's a pain to deal with. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. Uh, other things is that the first SSG Open was this past weekend, as it usually is after a set's release. And in the top eight, there were 32 copies of Smuggler's Copter. Now, those of you who know your elementary school mathematics know that that means that there were four copies of the Looter Scooter in every top eight deck. 
Barf, 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 barf. It's a $17 car, dude. I know. I didn't pull the trigger at 250 and I was like, I'm, I forever kick. This is like this set's Jace. It's on a smaller yep. scale, but I'm happy. I'm actually happy I'm not like really playing standard right now. Yeah. Um, now, I think the number was 146 copies in the top 64, I believe was the Fun- number. Funnily enough, the second most played card in the top, I think, 64. Guess. Oh. Um, veteran motorist? Gideon. No, yeah, that makes sense. Because Gideon was like a four of an all the white, red, white vehicle uh, sideboards. Yep. That makes sense. Because um, yeah, he pops out two twos that can power the copter. Vroom, vroom. Give me the keys. Anyways, um, so. Poked your privileges. You, you're you're going to uh, probably see the metagame shift in a major way against against our, our our friend the smuggler's copter. So hopefully Han Solo won't be smuggling goods past you at your next standard FNM. Crossing the streams, John. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. Um, <laughs> Never mind. No, um, no, but yeah, like usually what he's getting at there is that the uh, the met like the first week or two. And there's not one this weekend, but usually there's sometimes there's two SCG opens the weeks before the Pro Tour. Um, and the pros usually look at that and say, okay, this is what the general meta is. Let's warp it some more. And that's what gave us the Emerge decks last time uh, because they had a great matchup against Bank Company, which was just overpowering in the first two weeks of SCG open events. So, yeah. so there's going to be the counteractive strategy to Smuggler's Copter for sure. Like how many people are going to main deck their Fragmentizes or their Skywheeler shots or their whatever. Oh, uh, the what's the one black black deals three damage, you gain three life one. Oh, essence, uh, essence extraction. Yeah, that one. That one will also see play, but that card is good regardless. Um, now the the reprint that I'm hoping for that Wizards hopefully foresaw is Stony Silence and Amonkhet, but you know whatever. I'm just I'm uh, just a guy. Dude, that would be disgusting. Stony Silence in standard. It's not that bad. It's a purely sideboard card. That hits the vehicle deck really, really hard. I don't think it would be ba- that bad to reprint, personally. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean... <laughs> it needs to reprint anyways. It's it's a silly amount of dollars for what it is. That is very true. So I mean, it is in white, and it is a modern sideboard staple, which is usually going to drive the price of those cards up anyway. Exactly. Um, now, the other big thing is that GP Atlanta is this weekend. Limited. Which is the first chance for the pros to play limited at, the, at a professional REL level. And uh, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Now now it is John's turn to be at the GP instead of Ian's. You are the one who is the GP men's. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, it's kind of funny is that this one's actually like in Atlanta and, and not in Honolulu. <laughs> well, they're not going to put a GP in Honolulu, I don't think. I know Honolulu they're not going to. can't handle that. Oh, I know they're not, but it, well, who would go to it? Like, the going to travel, basically. <laughs> the entire, all no, the Hawaiian Islands would converge on Oahu. Now, because usually what happens is you get a GP that's relatively somewhat close-ish, ish, generally to where the uh, GP is. So you can the go to the GP, is. or yeah, the PT is. So you can go to the GP and then attend the PT. So people are basically going to be like booking their flights from Atlanta to Honolulu. So as which soon is a fun as flight. The, oh god, it's going to be awful. It's like eight hours. San, they'll probably they probably stop in like San Francisco or LAX or something like that and then Well, it depends on, on on where you fly from. For example, I've flown from Naples they could, to they Honolulu. To, they could fly to Dallas though. Yeah. Like I would fly I would fly Naples to Dallas. Dallas Dallas has direct flights to Honolulu or they or I would go like Naples, Dallas, LA. Dude, Honolulu. Dallas has direct Dallas has direct flights to Qatar. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 
Dallas is a big – DFW is a big airport, man. I Dude, that's like the main airport I flew out of the last six years of my life. <laughs> that's true. You, you have lots I'd of always, experience with it. It. It, would go from, it would go from like Austin to Dallas and then from Dallas elsewhere. <laughs> that reminds me real quick. Quick aside before we get into the main topic. Uh, when I was moving out to Hawaii the first time, I was booking one-way, one-way flights. And the strangest flight that I saw was Nashville to Chicago, Chicago to San Diego, San Diego to L.A., L.A. to Honolulu. <laughs> now, the funny thing is that San Diego and L.A. are, like, really, really close to one another. Hey, kids, I hear you, I hear you like layovers. <laughs> Basically. I mean, every flight to Honolulu from Nashville had multiple stops and layovers and stuff like that. But anyways. Well, yeah, expected. Mo- moving on to the main topic, because we have two big things that happened in between us recording. The first one that we're going to talk about is the one that was announced first, and that is treasure chests. So... What are treasure chests, Ian? Well, treasure chests, um, they were, I guess, they announced it in a massive kind of like, hey, here's an update to Magic Online uh, last week. And uh, in it, they also introduced that, well, for, first of all, pr- uh, price of events are dropping from 15 to 12 uh, tickets, play points. Or, yeah, no, it's tickets. Yeah. And then it's dropping to 120 play points. Yeah, and they're also lowering the the price of uh, the sealed events accordingly as well, which is nice. Um, but and also they changed the price structure to include these treasure chests, which are a chance at. I don't know, I'm still confused, like how many cards come in the damn thing. It's like three, right? Yeah, uh, each treasure chest has three slots in it. Now another note with the treasure chests is that they are only going to be prizes in constructed events. Yeah, so you can get this from stuff like uh, your leagues, your standard, uh, modern, legacy, and pauper. So if you play a lot of, say, limited, you're still gonna get you're still gonna get paid out in packs or play points depending on what the event is. Um, so there are three slots in each treasure chest, and they can be taken up by any combination of the following. Well, with different percentages: a curated card, a modern, rare, or mythic play points or a st- and or a standard common or uncommon now th- they release the percentages on tuesday um and real quick explanation of what each of these are so the standard common and uncommon is pretty straightforward it is a stand it's a common or uncommon from a standard legal set yep play points we already know what play points are they're pretty straightforward as well modern rare or mythic is as according to wizard's website a modern set rare or mythic rare will appear from those sets. This doesn't include sets where there were ne- that were never standard legal, such as modern masters. Regular rares and mythic rares in these sets that have been banned in the modern format are still included, which means that you could open a Jace the Mind Sculptor Whee. or a Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Each regular rare will appear twice as often as any given mythic. This includes regular rares from older sets that lacked mythic rares. Time-shifted cards from the Time Spiral Sheet count as regular rares for this purpose. And all treasure chests will be non-premium, with the exception of rares from 8th and 9th edition, which will be premium, which is weird. Um, there is a reason for that, kind of. So, they're, is... not, so they're not white-bordered? Yes, That's exactly. What I um, yeah, because back in 8th and 9th edition, everything was white-bordered, with the exception of foils, which were black-bordered, which is kind of weird, but... Well, I know I that they had white-border meant reprint, but... Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, but and they put the, the black-border for the, the premium foils, so... It, I guess it's just coded that if it's a foil in 8th and 9th edition, it just retains the black border even online. So for them to recode it yeah. otherwise, I guess it's weird. But It probably is. And they do want the, the digital cards and the paper cards to match up one-to-one roughly. Um, Basically. 
And then they have the curated cards. And curated cards are from a list curated by Magic R&D. Some curated cards may have multiple versions that appear. The frequency at which a curated card appears relative to others is also curated by Magic R&D. The rarity of the card shown reflects only the original printing of the card and is not indicative of its frequency of appearance in treasure chests. Curated cards are non-premium, including both Zendikar Expeditions and Kaladesh Inventions. Now, this is the only way to get inventions on Magic Online, is through these treasure chests. So you're not going to open yeah. them in Kaladesh packs, which is a little weird, but I understand why they're not doing that. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of sad. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you're, you're, if you're playing Kaladesh Sealed, it can add that somehow extra mythic to your pool, which could be a little bit warping because as people might have noticed, like we mentioned before regarding the actual paper Kaladesh one, going turn two Chandra is pretty decent off I mean, of the Soul Ring. I mean, at the GP, <laughs> I, all I ask for is be able to go like turn one Soul Ring, turn two Pima Outrider, turn three Sword of Feast of Famine, equip Bash. That's all I want. Dude, That's all I want. Is that just <laughs> ask? You're getting way too greedy with two two inventions. Anyways. <laughs> Either way, I, I do hope you open one at the GP, man. I would love it. I would love it. Anyways. That'd be great. But yeah, the curated cards, for example, um, they have a list on the Wizards website. There's a link to it in the notes below. Uh, for example, here are the first few cards on the curated cards list. Abrupt Decay, Academy Rector, Academy Ruins, Ad Nauseum, A Dark Heart Wastes, Aether Vile, A Jani Vengeant, A Chroma's Memorial, Altar of Dementia, Amulet of Vigor, Ancestral Recall, just to name a few. Ancestral Vision. Uh, Vision is next, followed by Ancient yeah, it, Tomb. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, but it basically, like you can see, it has some modern playable ones, like Abrupt Decay gets played in Modern and Legacy. Yeah, and stuff like that. Aether Vial is a decent one. A Johnny Vengeance is very rare play anymore. Um, He's still pretty good. Commander's yeah, cool too. but you got the ancestral pairings there. Amulet, you know, it's banned, but it's still yeah. no, no Amulet's play. Bloom is banned. Yeah, Blo Summer Bloom is right. banned. Right, but. Yeah, it's just got stuff like that. Um, initially, people were like, well, that's it. Pack it up. We're done. And apparently they're like modern prices dropped. Yeah, the, the price cards. of singles. Like, just... It was like 20 it was like twenty percent drop in like a day. Yeah, singles on it, people tanked. Were yeah, singles were tanking. But as the magic communities usually want to do, we kind of like overreact and then realize, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Things might be OK in the end. <laughs> And that mostly came out because uh, the same article that I'm reading of now gives exact percentages for which slot is which. So, for example, yeah. slot one in your treasure chest has a 19% chance at being a curated card, a 51% chance at being a modern, rare, or mythic, and a 30% chance at some number of play points. And, what's, and one thing they actually mentioned uh, on the third, because the community had you know said, why the heck can't we trade these? Um, they're now tradable. They're, they're going to be tradable in mid-November, which is going to include the Commander 2016 and Conspiracy cards. Yes. Which, which is, is the helpful. only way to get those. Well, remember last time they did Conspiracy, the only way to get the Conspiracy cards was via drafting. I think it, it was, was the Legendary like, Cube. The legendary Cube, yeah. And everyone was like, that was the broken cube. We are just like, yeah, whatever, okay. <laughs> I mean, Legendary Cube has had its moments. Just just draft Captain Suse and win. <laughs> No, no, you, you draft Maelstrom Wanderer, Cascade into Thraxamundar, and then you just win. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll tell you one <laughs> But no, so it, it's, um, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, I'm happy they're making him tradable. Um, frankly, I do think the lotto aspect of it is gonna be, like, it's like a lotto scratcher. It's like, yeah, what do I get? Yeah. 
You win two dollars, yay! Yeah, because like in the majority case, or is the maximum percentages. Slot one is most likely to be a modern, rare, or mythic. Slot two is most likely to be a standard, common, or uncommon, as is slot three. Um, now the second slot has a five percent chance of being a curated card and a sixteen percent chance of being a modern, rare, or mythic. And slot three has a one percent chance of being either one of those. Um, yeah, what's kind of, what's kind of funny too with this is there's some actual real notable omissions on this list from the curated cards <laughs> like, list. Yes, what the biggest it? one. Well, remember we mentioned that you can get them through uh, the various constructed formats, Pauper being one of them. Now, one of the most expensive cyborg cards in Pauper online is Gorilla Shaman. Oh yeah, that's right. Gorilla Shaman is a twelve ticket rare. No, and it's a common. Yeah, oh yeah, twelve ticket common, right? My bad. Yeah, it's a twelve ticket common online. Actually, yeah, it's about actually now it's thirteen tickets. <laughs> it's gone up since the other day. But in paper, the alliances version of it is a twenty cent card. Yeah. It's a twenty cent card in paper, but thirteen tickets online. Just because it was only printed in Master's Edition two. And uh for there's no Gorilla Shaman is a red mana for a one one creature ape shaman. And it has the text of XX1, destroy target non-creature artifact with converted mana cost X. You can pay one and have X equal zero and just stone rain your affinity opponent because in Pauper, in affinity, the artifact lands are legal. <laughs> yeah, Pauper has a pretty high power level in some decks. Yeah, and Gorilla Shaman is like the best affinity hoser out of a sideboard bar none in Pauper. Which is why it's so expensive online, because it really has no equal. Yeah, you can get Shatterstorm, or you can get um, uh, uh, Ancient Grudge, but they don't hold a candle to just, you literally have a 1-1 sitting out there that you can just go pay one, destroy all your lands. Pay three, destroy all your 1-1s, or your your 1-mana, your 1-CMC creatures. It's, it's ridiculous. And that card sees play in my sideboard of my Tron deck, because you can easily generate three, four... Uh, off of like your X cost because it's XX. So I hope they update the list occasionally to see how the market bears. Like, okay, we want to add more cards and it's something they can like constantly do. It, it has taken some of its influences from Hearthstone, which is where this kind of idea basically came from. Uh, the only difference between Magic and Hearthstone is that we can't destroy the cards to create new cards. Yeah, for people who aren't aware, for digital games like Hearthstone or Eternal Card Game does a similar system, is that um, when you open a booster pack or a treasure chest uh, in these games, you get a number of cards. Usually it's only a small number, like one to five. And then if you don't need that card or if you have extras, what you can do is you can trade them out for usually some sort of resource in the game. You can like shard them or yeah. shred them, whatever, whatever you, they call it. Whatever they call it. And then you can then turn those points into other cards. Now, your return rate is very low, like really, really low. Um, for example, in Eternal, uh, the resource used to crafting cards is called Shift Stones. And a common turns into like five Shift Stones. And a, to craft a common, it's like 25 Shift Stones. Um, so the return rate is not great. So you, if you want to grind up to be able to build like one of their legendary cards, which is their highest rarity... To, to make one of them, it's 3,200 shift stones. So you need to get up to that minute, to that number to craft a single legendary. Yeah, it, they're never going to give you a one-for-one -one swap on these things. Ooh. It's kind of like you trading your tickets, you're, you're trading your cards to a bot. To buy a card, it might be 
like for instance, Girl Shop might be 13 tickets, but they might be buying buy listing it at like 10. So you're never going to get the full value out of the card. Yeah. Now that's but all. you'll get some value out of it. But we we the magic doesn't have a way to do that because that would just complete. There's no system in place for that. Magic would have to all. create an entirely new economy based on whatever this resource would be, and then you'd have a resource of tickets, play points, and then whatever this card crafting resource is. And they don't want that. Oh yeah, it's already control the market of how many how many cards enter the ecosystem. Oh yeah, but it, but this way is fine. Um. I am personally reserving judgment on how these treasure chests are going to turn out until I start winning them and opening them. Yeah. So we'll see. Until that happens, I I've tried to adopt more of a wait and see opinion on a lot of these topics that people will be like, "Oh, this is terrible." Oh, this, I'm like, "Can we just wait till it comes out and it gets put into play, and then we'll see how it goes?" Yeah. So exactly. Until that happens, um, like it's, it's just good for construction only, not for limited. So just, you know, go draft to your heart's content and don't even worry about treasure chests if that's all you're going to do. Exactly. So now we get to go into the meat of the conversations that were happening today with the organized play changes by the wonderful Hélène Bourgeau. Um, and there are some big ones and then there are some small ones. Let's get some of the small ones out of the way. Uh, first, GP Vegas has had a format change. It used to be Legacy Standard Modern for the, its four-day main event. It is now Legacy Limited Modern. Yeah, now remember, you said four-day event. You're like, there's three events going on. Uh, so remember, Legacy is the first two days. Limited overlaps on day two and three. And then Modern goes days three and four. Um, frankly, I'm welcoming this change because, I, well, I know not me personally because I'm going to be playing Legacy and Modern. But our girlfriend's going and... She was like, she didn't really have an event. She would have just done side events. She might now actually have a GP that she's going to that's in a format that she plays because she doesn't really do constructed. She has limited. So I know there are a bunch of people who are like, oh, sweet, limited. Let's do this. I know you were, I know you tweeted today. You were like, well, they want me to play all three events, don't they? <laughs> yeah, because you're like, play Legacy, scrub out, sign up for limited, scrub out of limited, play modern. It just, it's, it's right there in front of you. You can get I want so to at many least Planeswalker points. Look, all right, I want to try and day two Legacy. <laughs> We all have dreams, Ian. We all have dreams. Yeah, whether they come true or not is, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing. But true. no, I like it. It's it's good. Um, GP Vegas is going to be a wonderful event anyway. Uh, I'm just happy that they are, you know, putting another limited GP because God knows we need more of them. Yeah. Uh, another minor thing that was announced, which wasn't anything new, um, the top eight, the new top eight structure is taking place during Pro Tour Kaladesh. Um, and quick reminder, here's how it works. So they still do the cut the top eight. And then the quarterfinals are going to be in two stages. The first stage is that the fifth and eighth seed and the sixth and seventh seed will play their own five-game match. Yep. Then the winner of those go into the second stage, where the winner of five and eight will play four, and the winner of six and seven will play three. After that round, they go to the semifinals, where the winner of the four bracket will play the first seed, and the winner of the three bracket will play the second seed, and then the winner of that will go to the finals. Yep. Yeah, so it's... Kind of rewarding you for if you know you you've kicked butt at the PT for the whole weekend and you're getting down to the end. It's like, well, I could just draw and I'll make top eight regardless, whatever, no big deal. If you win, but like if you win and and you get you know you're already guaranteed like okay, I'll be like seventh place, whatever. If I draw here, cool, whatever. But if I play and I win, I'll make two or I'll make three, so I get to sit off a round or two rounds. 
potentially, and that just improves your chances and guarantees yourself more money and more play and pro points and stuff like that. So it's giving them that incentive to not draw in the later rounds. Plus, it also kind of screws around with um, seedings and table because usually, like, okay, the rounds impair, but if we're watching coverage, we still haven't seen who's seating sitting down at the main, uh, you know, the main area because the people who were going to sit there are just drew to each other on the way. So, yeah. And another big thing is that if you're the one or one or two seed, you only need to win six rounds or six games of magic in order to win the Jeep in order to win the pro tour. If you're the fifth seed or lower, that's 12. No. Yeah. That's is it five. 12 Isn't it five? Games, 12 games. The best of five. The best of five. So first to three wins. Yeah. So three, 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 three. If you're the fifth, fifth or eighth seed is, is 12 games. Yeah. And That's just a win. <laughs> just to win, the, to win the whole PT. So it highly incentivizes you doing well in the Swiss. Yeah, it rewards people who spike it. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, let's go ahead and go to one of the big big points of emphasis for this article is that they're trying to limit the number of concessions. Um, and part of, the re- part of the way they did that during Pro Tour Elders Moon is they did a special pairing method for rounds 15 and 16 where they paired people together who had something to play for, where they had player A who was like, I need to win this match in order to be the team captain of, of my world's team versus the person who, who needs to win in order to top eight the, the pro tour. Um, and so they had those people playing together, but it increased the wait time in between rounds and the players didn't like that. So they removed that procedure. Um, now the, the reason they did that is to try to limit concessions because you could get to a point where someone was like, where Ian and I sit down and I say we're playing at a GP and I'm five and three and Ian's four and four, Ian could conceivably scoop to me to help me get day two. Yeah. I could just be like, all right, yeah, I'm already dead for day two. If I scoop to you here, you go six and three or day two. Here you go. Yeah. Shake hands. You might as well be like, Hey, shake hands. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, so we'll write it down on the score sheet and then, yeah. then we'll play a game. Cause remember, don't concede. Or don't agree to concede, then play a game, and then your opponent go, okay, cool, I won that game. Game two? And then be like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. You, d- don't – just be aware of people trying to scumbag a win. Just. But that said, I do like that they recognize that there was a – they they're act, like this is just a show that like, hey, they actually looked at the player feedback, and they are realizing like, look, we don't want to – like. You're already late into the round 15, 16. You're like, all right, let's just get this over with. Let's go. Let's get these last two rounds in. And waiting an extra 15 minutes can be an eternity Yeah. when you're waiting. It, it certainly can be. Um, and I understand. They also mentioned a lot about trying to change the tournament culture to make people disincentivized to concede to one another, um, which I think is which I think is applaudable because as, as a viewer, I don't want to look and go, oh, they're still trying to get future matches because – player A is scooped to player B, or player X and Y scooped to one another, or Drew, um, I want to see good magic, and I want to see the best players playing magic. So I, I want people to be, I want to see people playing magic. Or, or like, we, we, you know, we're just watching, and you see the guys in the news desk, they're like, well, alright. You see, like, Rich trying to be like, well, this guy could potentially draw his next two rounds and squeak in, but he needs these two people to draw as well, and these people to win, and it's like, Oh my yeah. gosh. It just creates all kinds of convoluted scenarios. That's like, you can get in if the sun is at three o'clock in the sky and, and it's a Tuesday on the fifth day of the month. And Mars is in the, Mars is in a overhead position over Venus, which is currently side straddle Jupiter. 
Um, <laughs> You're just making stuff up. <laughs> I try to be realistic at least, but no, it's uh, yeah. I I just think that overall these organized the organized play changes for these concessions they have a a vision of what they don't want and they're they're testing still to get the perfect method down i mean who's to say this isn't going to be perfect anyway this time at kaladesh but they're doing their best to make sure that we get the good magic in and the players seem to be agreeing like the the reaction has that i've seen for this in particular has been like all right cool Let's just get, like, happy they're doing this. Let's get the magic on. Let's go. Yeah. Kind of thing. Speaking of the professional players, they did an updating to the Pro Players Cub, Cub, Club thresholds for this upcoming season. So instead of the old thresholds, they bumped up the numbers a little bit to accommodate the fact that there are more people earning pro points now that the GP cut is down to 6 and 3. So now instead of needing 50 points to get platinum, you need 52. Instead of 33 to get gold, you need 35. And instead of 18 to get silver, you need 20. Yeah, so it's just a two pro point thing, which I think is going like 11 and getting like 11 wins or something like that. I believe so. I was just looking at that. That. Yeah, I think it's like 11 and four or something like that that gets you like whatever gets you two pro, pro point. Like basically, yeah, you'll make day three or you'll make day three. Yeah, right? yeah it's, That's it's, it's 33 match points gets you two pro points. Yeah, so it's 11 wins. So, yeah, you might make it at X3. But you better win yeah. the rest of your games and only have one more loss to get those extra two points. Yeah. So it it just instead of, you know, you can go 10 and 5 or whatever and then, okay, you're going to get one. But if you go 11 and 4, you're going to get yourself those extra two and basically make up that tiny little gap. Um, also, it's increasing that gap means that you can't just be like make an absolute blitz on just – like 10 4 10 4 11 something like that or 10 5 10 5 11 4 11 4 like doing that it, you, you actually have to get a little bit further in your events to actually help you out there yeah especially with the uh the caps and stuff like that oh, yeah. for gp points speaking of gps let's go ahead and go to kind of the last minor announcement which is that the super sunday series is being canceled um it was a great little series of you know getting people to the coast playing in the tournament it was really cool and all uh but they're deciding to put their efforts elsewhere. Yeah, the, the main the main reason they touched on in the article, and it's absolutely true. If you've ever been to a Grand Prix, uh, you'll always, or even if you're watching one, you'll hear like stuff about the Super Sunday Series round like seven or eight, whatever, being announced as like the finals are going on. Um, they would, like no matter what, you start at the same time day two starts, it's 10 a.m., and you don't finish until after the Grand Prix's over. Like they're already packing up the hall, all the vendors are gone, and like the thing they said is like, venue being torn down, and friends and your your carpooling with are waiting for you in the car, <laughs> just because all you're doing is playing a couple more rounds of sealed. Yeah. Um, granted, we have seen some players, you know, kind of vault themselves up through this thing. I know uh, Reed Duke has won his fair share of Super Sunday Series events and stuff like that. Um, other pros have, you know, spiking. You, you'll you'll get the occasional pro player who you know comes out of nowhere to win a Super Sunday Series, and you know gets to go to wizards for the tournament um now thing to point out is this will not take effect until after grand prix milwaukee in december so you still have a couple more grand prix a couple more months of grand prix to get yourself some super sunday series championship uh qualifiers in because uh, the 2017 championship will be held january 6th through 7th up here in uh, seattle area at wizards coast headquarters hopefully they do a a, a broadcast this year but we'll never know well, we'll see yeah we'll see 
I mean, good, good way to send out with a bang, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, just, just the tax on the staff, the venue, and every everyone involved staying that extra late just for one big event. I mean, they can probably throw some other cool events in there now as well. The intent was the intent was there. It was nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sad to see it go. Um, but, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah, I never actually played in one, but it was one of those, like, don't want to go play Sealed? Nah, I'd just rather hang out day two. Yeah. Now... The bigger event, the big, the other big announcement that happened was okay. Actually, hold on. One other minor announcement: Worlds is actually gonna Worlds for next year is gonna be October fifth to eighth. So literally three hundred sixty-five days from now in Boston, Massachusetts. Smack dab, smack dab in the middle of day two. Yeah. Well, after day two, but whatever. Anyways, but it'll be in Boston. Boston. Yeah, they they were already basically hinted that they weren't gonna keep it at PAX. Um, I guess that's kind of a good thing. I mean, it was really cool this year how they did it, how they had the nice unified, like we got the, you know, the worlds up there and all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. But I think they're trying to go for more of the esports model of having a big stadium or whatever or two in order to fit the entirety that is the, the world championships. Um, and I think it's oh, going to be good to separate it from PAX because I know that one of their big things was making sure that the competitors could experience packs, which they could do this year, but they couldn't do the previous year. Um, I think it's, yeah. it's going to be overall a good change. I don't know. Yeah. I, I net positive, I think for the worlds. Um, plus <laughs> it's funny some players have been like, yeah, this is great. Best city in the world. And everyone's like, dude, you live in Boston. Of course it's great for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm hyped for pro tour Amonkhet cause it's literally in my backyard. I can see the convention center from my room. That's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, I didn't know you. I didn't know you were that close. Like, if if I qualify for the PT and I'm still here, I could literally walk there. Hey, man, the only thing I can see out of my my window is an Arby's. So, look, Nihilist Arby's <laughs> is the greatest thing to happen to Twitter since ever. <laughs> I won't. I won't disagree with you there. <laughs> Nihilist Arby's is pretty freaking great. Plus, the actual regular Arby Twitter account is yeah. really spot on. Oh, wonderful! I'll have to go check them out later. Now, oh yeah, dude. They're 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 on their uh, social media game. Excellent. Now the last announcement that was in the organized play announcement was about the Pro Tour team series, which we talked a little bit about when they announced it the first time. But Ian, they did a few changes after some feedback. Yeah. So namely some of the smaller regions, which are you know like namely the Asia Pacific region, just because you know it's really just the islands in Australia and that kind of just a small little chunk of the world. So you're not going to get a huge player base out of that anyway, besides from like the Japanese and Australian players and the uh, Taiwanese players as well. Um, the original team size was nine players to get nine players from the States. You can just be like, dude, nine, nine people. Let's go. Like it's easy to get uh, that from uh, North America, even Europe and South America don't really have too much of a problem there, but the smaller regions harder to get the full team like even so from a local okay. game store i can get nine people together to be like yo let's be a team all right sweet yeah so they decided to change it to six players um that will i personally think that's great just because you're gonna see more teams more quality teams whereas like a, a team of nine you could like stack your team with all the best haruya players from asia pacific but now you're gonna have like haruya one haruya two and you'll have like a couple different channel fireball teams now instead of just maybe two. You'll have like three or four. So it's going to help spread the teams out a little bit more. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I think I think what you'll end up seeing is kind of like how the testing teams have gone. It's going to further divide them, I guess, now into, okay, who has which testing kind of schedule to 
uh, work with and everything like that? Like, are you guys going to focus online testing? Are you guys close by locally so you're going to test in person or well, that kind of level? I know reading thing. some tournament reports from PTs, like um, there was Team Channel Fireball that would test with team face-to-face -face games, and Team Channel Fireball was like LSV, Paul Chiam, P uh, Paulo Vitor-Domodoroso, Josh Utter-Layton, and then someone else. And then face-to-face -face had like five people on their own as well. So I think you're going to get a lot of, you know, like you mentioned, like CFBA, CFBB, or you're going to get a lot of, okay, so we had Team Hydra testing with Team Dragon. Um, we also had um, Team Angel, which was testing exclusively on Magic Online, but they did a bunch of work together with Team Sphinx, and you could get a bunch of stuff like that. Or, you can, or you know, East-West Bowl. You got the East guys and the West guys. Exactly. Exactly. So. You can have stuff like that split up. It's going to be great. So this is a soft launch for this is going to happen, um, obviously, at Pro Tour, Aether Revolt. Pro Tour Aether Revolt in Dublin, Pro Tour Amonkhet in Nashville. And then they'll get an in the top member of the top four teams are going to get that invite to Pro Tour Hour of Devastation in Kyoto, Japan. And they're only going to count the top five competitor pro points of the team out of the six. So say one of your members, one of your six members tanks unfortunately one pro tour it won't necessarily hurt your uh, your scores now one thing that, that you didn't touch on first is that it's the top five in ether revolt and amonkhet and then after amonkhet all the members of the top four teams get to get to pro tour hour of devastation so if you're off yeah. the train and you're in one of the top four teams you get an invite to the pt because your team carried yeah. you there which is great oh that's amazing that's like probably yeah, the best could... thing we could have seen on this change yeah, I, that is something I didn't even pick up on. Like, I completely missed the fact that, yeah, if you fall off the train, you get back on. And then at Pro Tour Hour of Devastation, they count the pro points of all six members. Yes. And then after that, for the 2017-2018 season, it's going to start rolling on from there. And then there'll be the first, second, and third Pro Tours of that season. Everybody gets the invite to the fourth. Yeah. And it'll be the top eight teams that are the top four because this year is is the soft launch of it. Um and now the, the thing to note for the 28, 2017, 2018 season is that, oh, and with the Pro Tour Hours Devastation, they will be counting the pro points of all six members. They get rid of that top five yeah. out of the six qualification there. So it's like, you better do well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you can slack off for the first one or two and maybe drop off the train, come back on, but you better perform well yeah, that, for the rest of your team. That last Pro Tour of the season is going to be huge for the top eight or top four teams. And it sets up some amazing storylines oh, too. That, like, can you imagine, you know, Brian Dever Marshall or the, Rich Hagen sitting at the news desk going, "All right, so right now the feature match area, we've got Ian Dixon of Team of Team Seattle going up against." Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> You're ruining the ambiance, Ian. All right, go. Sorry. Right now we've got in the feature match area Team yeah. Ian Dixon of Team Seattle going up against John Wells of Team Nashville. Both teams are only a few pro points away from qualifying for the top eight for the Team Super Series. Let's watch. <laughs> you need to work on your rich there, buddy. I'm sorry, Rich Hagen, if, if, my, Brit if my poor <laughs> British accent offended you. No, man. No, but yeah, it's going to be – it'll be fun. I'll, I'll enjoy seeing this. Like I said, the storyline things are going to be great for it. Oh, yeah. Um. And I don't know. I didn't actually compare the things, but they said they've also adjusted prize payouts as well. well I don't so know if they went for the up. prize payout for the top four teams, it's thirty-six thousand for the first place team and fourteen thousand four hundred for the second place team. So they uptick that a little bit. Upticked a little bit, I think. And then for the for when they go to the top eight, it's one hundred two for the first place team, 
51 for the second place team, and then 24 for the third and fourth place teams. And that's in thousands. Yeah. So So the total prize payout for the finals this year is 50,000. The total payout for next year's world champion, world team champion or whatever is 201,000. Yeah. Eh, Definitely some incentivized. Oh yeah. uh, There are, there are incentives afoot. Yes. So not only can you win the pro tour, but you might like, that'd be great if like somebody making the finals of the pro tour, like clinches first place for their team. Oh, that would be so Or like, or can you imagine the finals of like pro tour hour devastation? It's like the first place, like whoever wins this wins first, whoever gets second gets their team second. That'd be crazy. Well, no, remember that with the, with the, with the team championships, the top eight get invited to another tournament. If I remember correctly. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like to, to oh, win yeah. like that, like it's like the winner of the pro tour wins for their team. Yeah. That would be really cool. Oh Yeah. Yeah, because the finals playoffs happens at the World Championship. Got it. That's what I was make. That's what I was checking up on. Anyways, yeah. So that's gonna be really sweet. Um, and I think, I mean, this was a pretty, you know, slow week for a lot of the news, but yeah. Uh, so, so what have, what have you been up to lately in Magic? You got any getting any Kaladesh in yet? Oh, I've gotten quite a few Kaladesh. I did my first draft on Monday. Um, drafted a black red deck. Uh, opened Gonti, um, who has who was good. Gonti is as good as advertised. Um, nice. I still think that this format has a lot of board stalls in it, so you need to be able to find a way of getting over or around the servos or the other things. Uh, as an example, I was playing in the finals against a green-red opponent, and I lost game one pretty pretty handily, but in game two, I had we had like a, a bit of a board stall because I had Gaunti in play, and my oh, opponent yeah. had an Arborback Arbor Stomper. Now, Stomper is the 5-mana five 5-4 five Trample. That when it comes into play, you gain 5 life. And I have very, I have no hard removal in the deck. My removal spells are two Welding Sparks, two Die Youngs, and I think I had like one other random removal spell that I could use to kill it. But I had two energy in my in my energy pool, and I had a Die Young in hand, so I could kill it at any point in time. But I was really low on life total because they were beating me down pretty hard. Um, and so what happened is I set up a turn where I hijacked their Arbor Back Stomper, okay. attacked them. They didn't block. I rush of vitality the Arborback Stomper so that instead of taking five, they take six and I gain six. And then I die young the Arborback Stomper to kill it so that my opponent doesn't get it back. Nice. So 12-point life swing. I ended up winning that game. I lost game two because uh, Renegade Freighter is one hell of a magic card. Um, that card is literally insane. <laughs> literally. Literally insane. Like, 5-4 trampling attacking on turn four, it's such a hard card to beat. Man, it's not bad. <laughs> no, it's really good. Yeah, I have not gotten anything in yet online. Um, I was gonna go. I was hoping to pull a sealed event last night, but I was like, oh, I was, didn't have enough play points yet. <laughs> but no, I do have enough to draft though, and I will be drafting tomorrow morning, uh, streaming it actually. Excellent, excellent. So that'll be nice. Um, I'm actually really excited to get back streaming again. It's been way too long. I will I have say a long there have been a few hiccups with the energy that I've noticed in a few people where I, where, when I played online and I, I was watching um, Ilian TV on Twitch stream and he had an issue where he had two energy with a last new Hellion in play, but he, it wouldn't let him pay for it. Yeah. That's one thing I, I, I know Gabby was talking about, like even with the vehicles, like worry about pressing F8. Like, well, if you hit, hit F8, you, like, you won't be able to slip through vehicles. Like the vehicles will always tell you that you can well yeah well that's the thing it's like it's 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 just one thing that you know if you're not aware of that it's kind of like 
maybe let's do this. Uh. Yeah. But oh. who knows? Um, it'll it'll be fun to draft. I don't know what is really good. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. We did see. I did. We did see some pro, uh, pros talking yesterday. I mean, I actually um, asked a question. Uh, I know Chris Pickle was asking. Chris Pickle was asking. Or saying like he noticed the rare was like rare powered level was like really high in the set and he didn't like it. And I just happened to ask him like, so is this kind of like favorite forge where it's like the rares just completely outclass it? And he was like, yeah, kind of. But and then Ari Lax actually came in saying like, it's not as egregious as Palace and Citadel Siege where like you get one of those two and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, like I th- I think it's probably somewhere. It's not FRF bad. Like some of these rares are really good. Um. But I think that there's still enough removal to balance out those rares, um, if that makes I know sense. That when, yeah, I know that when I've seen some of the streams I've watched people drafting so far, Fleet Wheel Cruiser is the truth. Fleet Wheel Cruiser is great, but it's also a rare. It's just solid in general. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also the, uh, what's it, the Renegade? Uh, Renegade Freighter, the one I was talking Renegade, about. F- Renegade Freighter is just ridiculous. Yeah, that card is silly. I don't know. I know why. Mm-hmm. I know why it gives Trample to itself. Because it needs to get over servos, but I don't know why it gives trample to itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, mentioning the rags to riches pauper tournament. I would not be surprised if elf like I've seen elves players talk like, dude, I can put this in my pauper deck. Yeah, like it and skyskiff are silly cards. Oh yeah, they're ridiculous. Like if you're able to get the vehicle deck, even if you don't have like a vehicle centric deck, like they're just great pickups. Oh yeah, like any any oh, vehicle noticed. will go in any of your limited decks. Just not too many, remember. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to go ham and take like six vehicles. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Oh, but like Chris Picole was saying, like the one that he, the rare that he so far doesn't like the most is the Control Magic. Oh, is Conversation Coup? Oh god, that card is a beating. I've never I've never cast it. I've never seen it cast, but I know it's insane. I had it cast against me in my pre-release, oh. and it was just like, oh god. <laughs> also, can we can we just say, energy has been an amazing mechanic. Yeah, right? Like, like, I remember a few episodes ago, I was like, you know what sold me on it? Mark Rosewater's game with the energy, because then I got to see all the noms go. Because at first, like, you heard me, I was like, I was very, I was very, you know, cautious, Redis- I wasn't sure, it seemed kind of reticent wonky. to say, yeah, you're very reticent to give a judgment on that, but the, the thing that kind of did it for me was actually at my pre-release, like, I had that one opponent who had an energy-centric deck, and had a panharmonicon in his deck as well. Oh, he never actually got he never got the comp he never got the energy combo going because I killed him too quickly for it, which is great. And I also had the um fragmentize. Yes. Right in my hand, ready to go. So he played that and I was like next turn like fragmentize. He's like crap. So sad. <laughs> but he had like he had just off of playing like cards in his deck, he also had the uh the giant whale, Aether Squall. Oh, the Aether Ancient. Squall Ancient, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, he had Aether Squall Ancient. Yeah. He had at one point like 14 energy yeah 15 energy in his pool and like had the guy that you pay eight and tap deal six damage and oh, i'm like the ether, that's the ether torch renegade oh yeah it was bad but no like it's a very cool mechanic however people have said with this wingdings trying to count the wingdings on the card is ridiculous yeah if it's more than four it's really hard um I can't tell if it's six or eight sometimes yeah you need to be careful when you're counting those uh just remember that the max number of energy is eight and that's only on three cards, I believe. Aether Squall Ancient, Aether Torch Renegade, and Collar of the Untamed? No. That's a different Is it card. That, no, it's, it's, the, uh, it's that artifact. Yeah, it's the one that makes the 6-6 beast. Yeah. Arc, no. Not Architect. Architect? Something like I that. I don't know. 
Anyways, it's it's that one that's like a factory with the weird arm thingy. And then there's no well no because Etherworks Marvel is the one you're thinking of, and that's six. See, I don't know if it's six or eight. <laughs> <laughs> Can't count. No, um, I think and Mark Rosador said that they maybe needed to space the energy symbols out a little bit more or space them differently. Uh, if you watch, if you listen to Magic Mike's cast, which you probably should because it's a great it's a great podcast. Um, Evan Irwin was advocating just like just put a number next to it don't put all the things next to one another just put a number we know what you mean um, which I think would actually work out very well um, yeah you have to do like because you could just put like eight energy because then people would be like is that like eight mana but you'd have like the circle around it it's I don't think you would do that I think you would do like a stylized eight no yeah there's got to be like an italicized or something like that there's got to be a way to make it work like I think magic- and I'm sure they'll fi- I'm sure they'll figure it out it's just like this is the first time we've seen it. So yeah, I, hey, even for the first time we've seen it, it's been pretty fun. I will. I also do. I also like. I also like how they're handling on Magic Online. It's like because usually they'll have like infect that shows up in like the person's little picture box yeah. or their avatar box, and it shows up in there as the energy. Oh. So it's really nice. It's yellow, so it easily stands out. I don't. I haven't actually seen it against a background that is more of the yellowish variety, but I do know it has the black outline around it, so it would stand out, yeah. at least. Well, remember, energy is a counter that goes on players, and the other ca- type of counters that go on players are poison and experience, so it makes sense for it to show up there on Magicom. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's a great place to put it, too. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of Infect, though, Caldish cards are already making a splash in Modern, and I love it. Yeah, Blossoming Defense has, has been the truth in Infect, as has Botanical Sanctum. Man. I haven't seen that in some of the lists, but I definitely have seen at least three or four at least two to four blossoming defense in a lot of the infect lists from the SUG modern uh, modern event that happened yeah. at the latest open. Also, this is from Aaron Campbell, who is the resident, I guess, twi- Twitter's resident dredge player. You know, well, any let, dredge let's give her the title she deserves. She's the dredge pope. Go on, queen, queen of dredge. Um, she said that she dredged for six or eighteen. <laughs> at one point Wolf. off of the um, cathartic reunion that's now for those at home that's three dre- um, every time you draw a card the dredge trigger activates and I guess she had three Golgari Drave Trolls Wolf. that's what we mean because it's dredge six off of the tri- Grave Troll Yeah. so the three draw cards each time you go to draw a card you can dredge instead and put six in your graveyard so that's silly that's so silly six, 16 dredge on turn I mean if you're able to because you could like be like, okay, I got my one Golgari tra- Grave Troll in there. Draw, trigger that. Okay, in that six cards, there's another one. Use that trigger. Oh, there's another one. Use that trigger. It's Dredge is ridiculous. Dredge is a silly, silly deck. Also, but, uh, a article that was very much interesting to me. John Finkel wrote an article about Storm because that's how oh, yeah. he plays. Um, and he advocated a very interesting sideboard plan, which is just citing the Delver. Huh. Yeah. It was like his sideboard was like four Delver of Secrets, four Thing in the Ices, some Empty the Warrens, and then like another random card or no, it was Bolts. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting sideboard plan. I'll have to try so that out. Would, so people would bring in a lot of their counter spells to stop the. Well, they just take out all the removal and then you just go turn them on Delver and they look silly because they boarded out all the removal spells. Oh, yeah, right. Because you see them put down the Pyromancer Ascension. The first thing they're going to sideboard out is their spot removal. Yeah. Like, you don't. You know what looks really bad against a Goblin Electromancer? Slaughter Pact, Terminate. You, you know what looks really good when after you cite in your Delvers? Slaughter Pact, Terminate. Well, I mean, don't you. You're already running Goblin Electromancer, so you might leave, like. They might leave some removal in. They're not going to leave all of it in. Oh, yeah. Like, they take out most of their removal against Storm, anyways, or they should at least, because. 
you don't want to look look there silly with a path of exile in your hand when they go you know goblin electromancer or they don't play one and you're just like well take these out got them exactly <laughs> well anyways i think that does it for this week yeah all right so that's going to do it again for us ian if people want to find you on social media where can they do so you guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That is D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Um, this episode will probably be live by about the time I'm streaming tomorrow. So, oops, I guess. <laughs> uh, like I said, follow me on Twitter. I'll be announcing that stuff. So I'm probably actually, as soon as I get off here, I'm actually going to go say, I'm streaming tomorrow morning. I mean, I'm probably going to put this can... up at 6 a.m. your time. So that's probably unlikely. Well, but then they have to listen to the episode. And that <laughs> happens. Whatever. Anyway, no. So the reason why I was like, oh, darn, because I was going to stream in the afternoon. But tomorrow, I forgot to mention this, the streamer showdowns going on. Oh, yes. For Kaladesh. It usually happens on Thursdays. That's why I was like, sweet. I can stream on Friday. Don't have to worry about it. And they're like, it's on Friday. I'm like, no. <laughs> ruined. But yeah, twitch.tv slash dicks. I'll be streaming uh, probably draft. And you're probably going to be traveling. Oh, I'll be tomorrow, traveling right? at that point. I will be on the road to Atlanta. I'm probably I'm going to try drive, and leave here. Driving or flying? Oh, driving. It's a four-hour drive. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I didn't know it was that close. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half to Chattanooga and then like another two and a half hours to, to Atlanta. So it's quote-unquote semi-local. Yeah, it's close enough. But you guys can find it's me. It's like me driving like two hours to – two and a half hours to Portland. Portland. Yeah, exactly. So where can they find you, John? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. I'll be tweeting all about the GP. Um, tr- I know that I'm going to be meeting a few magic personalities down there. We'll see. Um, uh, I'm sure it'll make Ian jealous. It will make Ian jealous. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jwiley129 if I ever get around to streaming. Um, if you have, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can find us on Twitter at eyesonthemise. Or if you have a more personal question, you can send us an email at eyesonthemise at gmail.com. Please give us your feedback. We'd love to hear how we can improve the show and make it better a better listening experience for you guys. And also, if there's anything you guys want us to like do or stuff, I don't know, like topics we want to cover. If you guys have a yeah, if you guys have a topic you want us to talk about, if you guys have suggestions for people we should, might want to interview and talk about on the show, let us know. Also, we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a, uh, a a mailbag episode at some point in the near future. Yes, probably after mailbag. the mailbag. We'll keep you posted. Oh yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.